0: Hi, I'm Dom Bethanelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Jurassic Park 3, where we will continue to discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this movie as we continue to go through the Jurassic Park series of movies. Uh, joining me today, as we have been going through this journey together uh, across the island of Isla Sorna, <laughs> joining me today on the panel are Thomas Hero. Hi, Dom. Hey, Thomas. And Father Michael Gossett. Hi, Father Michael. Hi, it's good to be back. Yes, it's been a while since we talked about Jurassic Park 2, but uh, I'm glad that we're back uh, finally to talk about this one. Uh, First, before we get started, I want a couple of uh, little bits of business. Please remember to like The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows on Facebook at our Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. You can retweet it on Twitter at SQPN. Please leave us comments. We'd love to get your feedback. We would we would discuss it on a future episode. We want to hear from you what you think of both of the movies, but also of what we have to say about it. Uh, if you have not yet subscribed, please do so in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in your favorite podcast app. My favorites Overcast. Uh, I know a lot of people like Pocket Cast. Many people like Apple Podcast app. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're there. Uh, you can also listen on YouTube where you can uh, hit the bell to get notifications when we post an episode, a new episode. Uh, if you write an iTunes review, we would greatly appreciate that. That helps us get the word out more. Uh, and if you could share this podcast with your friends, uh, we would greatly appreciate it to help us grow our audience. Uh, one other thing, if you like this show, you might like one of our other shows on the SQPN network. Uh, today, I want to recommend Secrets of Star Trek. We're discussing the second season of Star Trek Discovery right now. And uh, hey, it's a it's it's better than the first season. It is. uh it's got a lot more of that old Star Trek feel. Uh, and uh, so if you g- give it a try, give it a listen. And when we're not talking about Star Trek Discovery, when it's not there in the regular season, we talk about old Star Trek movies and TV shows, animated books, everything. So uh, give it a try. Uh, Secrets of Star Trek is at sqpn.com slash Star Trek. So, but let's talk about this movie. So Jurassic Park 3, the third uh, film in this First trilogy. There's a second trilogy, which uh, we will talk about in a, in future episodes. But so far, this is sort of the the capper on this first set of films uh, that we've been discussing. Uh, it came out in 2001. It was directed not by Steven Spielberg. He directed the first two. This one was directed by Joe Johnston, uh, who we've seen directed a lot of different uh, movies now. Uh, but he he really came in and wanted to, to do this movie. Uh, went to Spielberg, asked you know if he could. Spielberg was busy. I think he was making AI or one of those other movies at this time. Um, it's also the first of the movies that's not based directly on a Michael Crichton book. Of course, Jurassic hmm. Park and Lost World were, uh, but this was a new story. But it includes uh, a lot of scenes from those first two books. Uh, and uh, just to, you know, quick recap: It's the Return of Dr. Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill. We have a T-Rex has, has been replaced by the Spinosaurus as the big bad uh, dinosaur, which we have a dramatic, uh, uh, violent uh, uh, example of, uh, you know, showing us really who's in charge now uh, in the movie. We'll talk about that. Uh, a couple other things that came up. Uh, they Because of the changes in paleontology, this series of movies is very interesting how the dinosaurs have been portrayed has changed over time. And in this one, we get dinosaurs uh, like some of the velociraptors now have feathers and quills because the paleontology figure they found out, hey, some some of the velociraptors actually might have had feathers and quills. So, you know, we'll talk about that. And um, and then as sort of a background, the script itself um, for this movie, they they had problems with it throughout pre-production and right into right into production. They had a number of different stories that they went through. They went through all kinds of different screenwriters, different potential stories, and then scrapped everything five weeks before production, before filming began, uh, because the story was too complex. And they just decided to go with a simple rescue plot and were even shooting scenes without having a a script page in front of them sometimes. Uh, So, you know, the the writing was being done as they were filming. So, Um, and then to kind of cap it up, the critical response was so-so critics were eh. of course critics are always eh, you know <laughs> they love the things i don't like and they yeah they hate the things i do so I, that doesn't bother me so much um but the box office was good it made 368 million against its budget of 93 million so that's that's pretty good for the time uh so so that's the background <clears throat> do you have any any opening thoughts on this movie guys uh thomas you you actually said uh you had something you wanted to say about this movie <laughs> coming in. so I, did I, I give know I'm you? coming in with
1: the unpopular opinion here. Um, yeah. I This is my favorite one. This is my favorite of the original trilogy. Um, I, obviously, the first one is iconic in what it did, but this movie really, I think, uh, brought Grant into his own. It brought the concepts of the dinosaurs into their own. Uh, it really embraced the paleontology in a way that I loved, that the first one kind of just skittered off of. And, uh, this one really like took that concept of, uh, exploring the, the sociodynamics of a living animal as opposed to a dead animal, uh, to that next level. And I thought that was really great.
0: So that's interesting. So, um, let's, let's talk about Grant uh, first and and why you felt like this was a, a Grant's better movie than, uh, Alan Grant's better movie than the first one. What was it about what different in this one for him?
1: Uh, this one, you got to see him be, uh, that child, like that, that childlike, uh, wonder at the dinosaurs that you see in the first movie, you get to really see him come and bring that into the paleontology in this one, where he's not just like, oh my gosh, it's a dinosaur, but oh my gosh, it's a dinosaur. Now let me study them and see how they're doing what they're doing. Mm. And and it takes it to that next level.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, I'm sure we'll bring out more of these points as we, as we discuss the movie, um, Father Michael, what's your initial coming into this overall impression of the movie?
2: Uh, I watched it today for the first time in a long time. And I have to admit, I didn't have great memories of it from the last time I saw it. But there are a lot of really good parts. I agree. I think Alan Grant, uh, Sam Neill is one of the best parts of the movie. And there's a lot of just character stuff, even like the hints that maybe he has a little PTSD from... His first go round with all these dinosaurs was a really interesting uh, part of the story. Um, I thought I still think the first one looks better, feels more real, is scarier. Uh, there's lots of great stuff in this, but I can't say that it's my favorite of the of the original Chilly <laughs> Thomas.
0: So the for me the the fir- uh, the first one has that benefit of being the first one. It was ah uh, uh, the second one. Um, it was darker uh, l- almost literally <laughs> it was almost mm-hmm. filmed almost all at night uh but it, and without grant like i think you, i think you're right that 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 uh, alan grant is his childlike wonder was replaced by ian malcolm's um fear uh and mm-hmm. and, and and doomsaying uh at this you know the the, the you know personal fear but also fear at what what this implica- the implication meant for the world for the for the environment and all that sort of stuff um it got kind of heavy uh whereas this one it you know their lives were at stake people were dying but um not in the numbers of, of the second one, certainly right. but also uh just it felt a little lighter in many ways i mean the, there was more humor certainly uh yeah. in it uh so i i get that i uh, yeah, it's, it's, hard really to, think, it's hard for it, me to it's say. It's interesting
1: because this one also is one that like, this is where the formula for the modern blockbuster really kind of took hold because yeah. you have these very dark moments uh, interspersed with these humorous moments that fit. They, they like fit the story. Right. They weren't, you know, just out of nowhere. And so then you move from that into all of, you know, what we're experiencing now with these Marvel movies where like it's a comedy with this dramatic backdrop. Right. And and they and they work. And I, and I really love the, the way that this movie kind of started that that motion towards hmm. this way of doing blockbusters.
0: I mean, I get all the things that you're saying. But as I was thinking about this movie, it's like <laughs> at the end of it, I enjoyed it. But I felt like. I don't know, there was like not enough there there, you know what I mean? In, mm-hmm. the, like so they boom, boom, boom. But it was like I felt like maybe it, was, it went too quick. There wasn't um a depth. Um, and some of the ground felt retreaded. I mean, uh, and yeah. we'll get into it. We'll get, we'll get into yeah. it. So let's, let's talk about the movie itself then um, as we go along. And, and some of these things will come up. So we're back to Isla Sorna, which I had to remember it was that site one or site two. But <laughs> this is, so this is the, the second Island. This is the Island that they went to in Jurassic two. Um, Mm-hmm. The Jurassic Park itself. We don't won't see that again until Jurassic World uh, in the 2015 movie. Uh, so we're we're at back at site two. And here you have the idiot guy parasailing <laughs> next to the island with the kid, too close to the to an island so they can get a dinosaur thrill. Um and then they have this moment where like they're around the island, something attacks the boat, and we never find a Find out what it is, and I'm thinking to myself, "Wait a minute! Whatever's swimming there could swim away from the island, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it's a, it's a bit it's something you know it's, it's something they kind of throw out there. They never kind of follow up on, but it's like you know, is it's a an aquatic creature or just one of the land creatures going uh, for a swim? Uh, <laughs> they never we never get, find out. Um, the the kid in the movie, he maybe maybe I didn't think
2: about it till now, but he says. Though the big ones live near the water, uh he, he kind of says that. So maybe maybe the giant Spinosaurus got him and was just very quiet and quick about right. it.
0: Right. Uh, That's not explained. <laughs> and smart enough to use the fog to do, to go hunting yeah. in the <laughs> there. So like yeah. suddenly there's this fog bank, you know, just out of nowhere. Uh, out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the day. Uh Flat
1: convenience. <laughs> yeah.
0: So um and then we we, we go to uh Grant at Ellie's house now. And it, it's sort of a surprise that Grant and Ellie aren't together. Cause in the first movie, they were a couple and now Ellie is, you know, married to someone else. She has kids. Um, and it's sort of, it's a little shocking when you first see this, you're like, wait, wait, no, they're supposed to be together. They're the happy couple. Um, but they're, but they, they're, they're certainly, they uh, appear to be friends still. I mean, some time has passed, I guess. Um, but uh, it, it's this interesting dynamic between them that uh, uh, you kind of get the sense that she wanted to settle down, and and Grant couldn't. He was not mm-hmm. good around kids. Remember that from the first movie. Um, and uh, we have this funny moment where he's trying to tell the toddler that uh, no, no, those are herbivores. <laughs> those wouldn't those uh, attack mm-hmm. each other. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, there's this great moment in that scene where um, her her editor i think or somebody comes out and to ellie and says oh you know your editor you're the publishers on the on the phone and she says tell her i won't lose the jack horner quote from the book which is a funny inside joke because jack horner is the paleontologist consultant on the movie yeah. so so, the, right. so they're referencing again, yeah <laughs> so uh the the so Grant, um, so we have this nice scene with Ellie and we find out that her husband uh, works for the State Department. And you put a pin in that because that's Chekhov's job opportunity will be coming back up later at the end of the movie. Uh, that's an important point. But then he goes to this uh, speech at, at college or something and it's talking about uh, the dinosaurs and the raptors, that they could talk to each other. They're smarter than dolphins or whales or primates. Um and then he gets these questions, he, you know, first it's question time and then everybody raises their hand and he says, any questions not related to Jurassic Park or the <laughs> incidents in San Diego, which I did not witness. And I'm thinking to myself, what would it be like to be a paleontologist in a world that has dinosaurs again? Mm-hmm. Uh, and how would it change the study of dinosaurs? And, yeah. if, and in fact, it it he kind of addresses this in, in the question, doesn't he? Um, so, what do you think? What, like, if if this if this were to happen, what do you think would be the result for the for the for paleontologists? Would they be, you know, well, who who cares about bones in the ground where we're only caring about the animals that are walking around? What do you think?
2: I think that's accurate. That kind of the the uh, spectacle of real Jurassic Park, that's what people want to see. But I think the distinction he makes is just really interesting. Like, those aren't that's not real. Uh, the thing that we've studied, that they've studied and built this science on is gone. It's in the past. It's like he said, it's in the rock. uh, And what they have on those islands are uh, creations. It's it's like humanity's injected themselves into it in a very real way. The other thing that struck me through that whole part was like, if I had been hunted by dinosaurs, I don't know how interested I would be in studying them anymore, that he's still (laughs) in love with this, that he's still... Fascinated with the raptor after everything he went through, that just that really surprised me watching it this time.
1: Right, right. I think it's it's interesting looking at him too, as um you know as as having that post traumatic stress and and seeing this situation and knowing how many times he's been asked about the you know about the park and about being on the park and and that's not what he wants to talk about. He wants to talk mm -hmm. about real dinosaurs, like he wants to talk about the things that actually existed. And what they were like when they lived. Right. And, uh, and then, you know, you, you mentioned the point that the that paleontology changes between the first movie and this movie. And it's it, it's funny because, I mean, if we genetically brought these creatures back to life, that wouldn't have happened. They would have mm-hmm. been whatever they were in the first movie. And there wouldn't have been a genetic change over to this movie but it's it's fun to kind of see our cultural bias of looking at this movie and saying oh well things have changed now so we're actually going to update the dinosaurs to fit that new model that we have
0: right right it's yeah interesting yeah that the paleo- that the paleontology actually I- imposes itself in the re- from the real world into that that question in the movie uh that changes the dinosaurs uh, you know as they act um it, it's, it's fascinating to me this idea that you know he's the creatures that are walking around on this island are not in their original environment. They're not interacting the way the original dinosaurs would have interacted with each other. They probably are, you know, animals living together that were separated by millions of years of evolution. Uh, never mind the fact that they—they're all—they're ninety percent of their DNA of this is this frog DNA that they talk about, which you know, who knows what effect that would have on them long term. Uh, and and so it's an interesting point he's making, which is you know when we when we get into fiddling around with nature and and start uh, molding it to our own entertainment um what are we losing when it comes to understanding the way it was and and maybe there's a lesson in that for humanity and what we you know when we start fiddling around with our own dna uh through these various gene editing techniques they're doing are we going to you know lose a sense of who we are so uh, a little philosophical mm-hmm. there, but uh, it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Um, I, I... It's just It's interesting,
2: too, that like this movie, these movies have had such effect on just kind of like popular ideas of dinosaurs that they invented the velociraptor for the first one. I think we mentioned and right. then found a dinosaur that kind of looked like that, <laughs> that probably for a lot of people I know my age, um, this was such a huge pool into all oh, dinosaurs are amazing. Um, right. But this. To see how it changes over these three movies, because it's not just kind of like reporting on paleontology in the world; it it really is bringing a focus to it in a in a way that didn't exist before.
0: It's it's a it's sort of like the way that Indiana Jones, br- you know, kind of brought a focus on archaeology in a way that had right. never been before and uh, influenced a generation of kids. Or Top Gun uh, it, you know I was in high school when Top Gun came out and you can imagine the effect that had on a lot of uh, a lot of kids so yeah it's that how the, the these there's a responsibility in some ways for the filmmakers as they as they kind of popularize some of these things to also not to, to mess them up too much <laughs> as they present them uh right so uh so so Grant actually we end this that scene where he's given a lecture with Grant saying, no force on Earth or Heaven will get me on that island, which, <laughs> as, we, as we know, is a—even when we watched it the first time, we knew that was a famous last words, of course. Um, and then we, uh, we, we, get, we, we switch over to these uh, mercenary types who are you know blowing up an airplane with their, their high-powered weapons, which we know are going to be ineffective because they always are. <laughs> we saw that in the second movie, uh, that the, the high-powered weapons are ineffective. And uh, this this fellow, the fixer, the guy who's kind of in charge of the mercenary, tells uh, Kirby on the phone, he says, uh, it's going to be a walk in the park. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, in Jurassic Park, (laughs) which is a famous last words. Yes. Um, So uh, we 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 move to uh, the dig in Montana where we're like, in some ways, this movie kind of walks a lot of the same path that the first movie did. There's some of the same beats in it. So we have this grant is at the dig in Montana where a rich guy shows up and wants to fund his dig in exchange for him coming to his island of dinosaurs. Now, there's some twists in there, obviously. They they, they, they twist our expectations a bit as we move along, but it's kind of interesting how we've got the, the similar beats to the story here um i i did find it fun to to see a a 3d printer from the year 2000 yes (laughs) that was awesome
1: that was so great (laughs) and uh uh, and and it's like it's one of those things that you would actually like really make sense to use a 3d printer for so they they had the tech right the 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 concept of the tech and and where to use the tech and how it could be applied was definitely a a solid fit
0: (laughs) I, i was a little surprised that uh that there were like 3d printers like that available at that time, uh, is that long ago? But, uh, um, it, it was also fun to see, um, uh, uh, Mac OS, uh, was it eight or nine, uh, being (laughs) on a Mac on an old Mac there. That was, that was nice to see again, uh, a little throwback for me. Um, so they, uh, he, he meets up with Kirby and his wife. Um, I'm trying to, remember everybody's names There's a lot of a lot of a lot of different character names so amanda and uh, and paul kirby um they present themselves as these adventurers who want to go on this great adventure and they have they just want to fly over the island we're just going to fly over the island no big deal we're not going to land no no we're just flying over the island um and they convince grant to go with the offer of a big check um and of course they they end up landing on the island and almost immediately after they land, they start doing stupid things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Yelling. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Why are you yeah. yelling? <laughs>
0: and it's, it's amazing how quickly the two mercenaries get killed. Like the Cooper is the first one to die. I mean, he's like that. It's like, he's on that Island for like 10 minutes and he's dead. Like <laughs> the, the Spinosaurus gets him, And then uh, they do the, the plane crashes and the Spinosaurus comes in. It's, and and the Spinosaurus, like I kept trying to think of like, what was, why was it so motivated? You know what I mean? Why was it so like adamant about I'm, I'm hunting these people and I need to kill them all. Uh, There was, that was a, that was a little bit of a hard, a hard run for me. I was like, uh,
1: okay. Yeah. And then, and then when it kills them, what, like, what is it doing with them? Because they find Billy's body still attached to the, uh, you know to the to the Paris paraglider so it's like it wasn't eating them
0: well so. yeah well yeah well that's the other thing is how, I don't know how that guy died because yeah. something killed him um I I have questions about that um uh, let, before we forget it yeah I wanna I don't want us to
2: not mention uh Alan's dream of a raptor talking to him on the plane because that's yeah. my favorite movement <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of the movie. That that was pretty funny. Was Alan. Very surprising. <laughs> so, you would not have seen that in Jurassic Park One.
0: No. Saying? Yes, that's <laughs> true. That's not Spielberg would not have done that. Um, well, so they escape from the plane. They escape from the Spinosaurus. Then they run into the T Rex, which I thought was great. Great. And moment. then then we have this moment I mentioned earlier where the two dinosaurs fight, and the Spinosaurus wins. This is the symbolic moment of. You thought the T Rex was bad. This guy's worse. You know that's sort of like the T Rex yeah. was the king of the of the dinosaurs back in Jurassic One and then in Two, but the Spinosaurus. You know we're we're being served notice. This guy's worse, and and this is going to become, I think, the the trend of the next two movies where we have to find each movie has to up the ante. We have to have a a, a scarier dinosaur. That's mm-hmm. that's now the 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 trend.
1: See, this is what ties all the great movies together in the series, because they didn't do that in Jurassic two. They did it in one with the Velociraptors and the T-Rex at the end. And then right. they did it in this one with the Spinosaurus and the T-Rex. And so now they've just got to keep upping that, uh, that <laughs> level of, you know, like, which is the next baddie that we're going to have come out.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, we, the Indominus Rex was in Jurassic world, yes. you know, and, and and there's still a T-Rex because, yeah, because I, I, I don't care in every Every Jurassic Park movie, there has to be a, two different dinosaurs have to show up in every one, Velociraptors and, t- and T-Rex. That's mm-hmm. just, if you don't have those dinosaurs, whatever other dinosaurs you have, it just doesn't feel the same. But that's just mm-hmm. me. That's that's me. But uh, I, I have to be honest, I have not seen this, the second Jurassic World movie yet. I've been kind of ho- waiting on that until we get to it in our sequence here. Uh, but... I I have a feeling we get one of them, but not the T Rex. But I'm I I, I don't want to spoiler on that, so I'll just leave it like that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll so, not fill you in. <laughs> so the uh this the they they have this battle, um, and then we have this we have a funny moment where Kirby admits that he mistook Grant for Mal- Ian Malcolm when he kidnapped him. Like he thought he what? was Ian Ian Malcolm who had been to Isla Sorna before and he's like no I've never been to this island that was the other <laughs> island uh so there's that there's a little bit of that comedic moment um we we find out that the kirbys were lying to to uh to uh to uh grant uh, all along that they're not world adventurers like surprise surprise uh and that what their their intention was to land all along because their son Eric was lost on the island 8 weeks ago now I'm a parent, and I I would be <laughs> out of my mind too. I I, I you know, I, and probably would have gone to any length to get there. But wow, eight weeks on the island of the dinosaurs—it almost stretches it to the point of believability and credibility for me. This that that element—that mm-hmm. uh, he's alive. That he's alive. Yeah. I uh you know. I mean, there's good, but I'm not even sure Grant would survive for eight weeks on this island by himself. He did so,
2: read both of Grant's books, so that must have had some powerful tips for him.
0: Yes, and Ian's book, which he did not yeah. like as as <laughs> much, which, which was right. a, a nice, funny a little moment
1: there. Um, well, but, and it's—I mean, it's—it's it's hard to imagine a kid his age surviving anywhere for eight weeks. Yeah. Period. You know, yeah. just like here, here you go, survive on your own for eight weeks. Nah, I'm not seeing it. So,
0: right, exactly. Um, now they mentioned that the Spinosaurus wasn't on, uh, the, the Spinosaurus wasn't on InGen's list of dinosaurs they were making. So that may, it leads to the question of what else were they making up there on that island? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we never get a, a, a direct answer to the other surprise, uh, p- uh, pieces, but we kind of come back to that again in Jurassic world, right. um, this idea of them breeding other things, um, that weren't on, you know, on the approved list, so to speak. Um, so so we, let's come back to this point about the the uh the guy the uh, Amanda's boyfriend Ben. Uh, we we watched the video on the video camera that that has been recharged using a a flashlight. Thank you very much. That Adeski is Yeah, that <laughs> is a pretty handy guy, let me tell you. He can run a, a a video camera off of a flashlight battery. And uh we see like the sequence of events right to the end where they kind of crash in the trees and then um Uh, Ben releases Eric and he falls to the ground and then the camera stops. So between that moment of when, when Eric falls to the ground and when Ben dies still in the harness had to have been fairly quick. Otherwise Ben would have just dropped out of the harness, right? Like, so what happened that killed Ben left him in that harness and allowed Eric to get away? That's that's a good point. (laughs) That was I was try, I was thinking they going like what, maybe little the little dinosaurs or something. The compasauruses.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. So, but it, it gave it us. Th- We're just going to blame everything on the Spinosaurus. And yeah. it has no actual reason to do anything. It does. It's just like, you know, it's, it's just a killing machine. <laughs> That's a, it. Right. It's just dinosaurs. it's just ticked.
0: And it wants to kill everything. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's let's go with that. Um, and so we have that. And of course, the moment was there. So that uh, Amanda could have that that scream fest of the being tied to the you know caught up in the uh, the strings of the of the parasail and is tied to the 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 dead body of her boyfriend, which is uh, kind of Indiana Jonesy. Uh,
2: yes, when when I watched it, yeah.
0: yeah,
1: yes, the Well of Souls, that whole mm-hmm. that whole bit where Marion yeah. see, and this is that's where I really like. I think this is the point at which I really fell in love with the movie because it it, it went way off of that path <laughs> that the yeah. two was going down you know two was going down this very serious like let's let's talk about the world and let's do all this stuff and it, <laughs> right. was, it was between the spinosaur uh fighting the t-rex which totally reminded me of king kong it was like a it was a, a moment straight out of a king kong movie yes. right? and then moving over to this where she does that deadly scream and i'm like I'm in Indiana Jones land. This is awesome. This is so great. <laughs>
0: right, well, there might be some sort of message in here somewhere, but it's not going to be over the top. It's not going to. It's not going to be some deep philosophical question. I, I mean, the, the most we get is when Grant kind of gets to, uh, mad at Billy for taking the eggs. But that's about right. as deep as we get into it, in any kind of agenda uh, of this. This is just a fun, escape, get away from the bad dinosaurs, survive to the uh, there you go, <laughs> to the, and find and find yeah. Eric.
2: It's kind of nice that it's a smaller story, too. You're really Mm. focused on just these few people, four or five at the most, usually.
0: Right. Yeah, unlike, like, say, two, which was all of those people, and Jurassic World, which was an entire theme park of people, um, uh, many of them getting gobbled up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, I I can't wait to talk about that movie with you (laughs) guys. That's such a fun those scenes are just uh, uh, insane anyway this this movie um they find that the dinosaurs are laying eggs they don't spend a lot of time talking about this because of course they they knew that they were laying eggs in uh jurassic park one they found you know life finds a way etc that sort of thing um but they walk into a a, a nest of velociraptor eggs it's like it's like out of the frying pan into the fire uh, and, uh, that's when Billy, you know, goes full idiot and takes some of the that's eggs <laughs> and then Grant ends up carrying the bag. Uh, uh, he's literally left holding the bag. Uh, so, uh, and so the, the Velociraptors are chasing them and they just assume it's because they, they're Velociraptors. That's what they do. They chase you. Uh, mm-hmm. but no, they have, they have, uh, an agenda. Um, I, I so they, they get to the embryo, uh lab where they were where the, the dinosaurs were being bred um and they get inside uh, wh- one of my favorite scenes is and it's it sort of show well it'll be explained the scene is when they go to the vending machines and Kirby is like looking for change for the vending machine which there's no electricity so I'm not sure that's gonna work anyway but <laughs> he's still looking for change and then Billy just comes up and kicks through the glass because of course nobody's Nobody's stocking these machines. Nobody's these. These machines don't belong to anybody anymore. Uh it's They anarchy. belong to the dinosaurs. It's
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, and it just it shows like how civilization dies hard. Kirby is he's a civilized small business owner from Enid, Oklahoma. You know, I mean, he's just a regular guy, and he just would never think to steal from a vending machine. Uh It's so, just, so much
2: uh, the kind of character William H. Macy. A oh yeah, a lot yeah. of times ends up in just like this kind of. He doesn't belong here. He's sort right. of figuring it
0: out like Fargo, like yeah. uh, uh, mystery men, even like just a lot of those roles that he's played where he's just like the average Joe fish out of water sort of thing uh, over mm-hmm. in over his head. And that he, he does that so well. Um, they go into the lab. Um, Amanda is looking at all the little uh, em- dead embryos in the, uh, in the thing, and then she sees the velociraptor head. And I'm thinking that Velociraptor, what uh, what a, 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 a jerk. I mean, he's just playing a trick on her. <laughs> Practical joke. Boo uh, is essentially what it does. And uh, it, it freaks her out. I mean, I thought that was, I remember, I remember the first time I saw that. And I, I jumped out of my skin the first time because mm-hmm. I'm like, what? It's just when that eye twitches. That was the yeah. key. Yeah. The eye focuses on her. Uh, it was and- a
1: great jump scare. That one was mm-hmm. a really good one. Oh. And, and it shows you know it's coming too. That's the thing is, like, you're watching it and you're like, oh man, that's too, they wouldn't spend that much time. That's got to be, and they just hold it and hold it and hold yes. it. And then finally, you're like, oh gosh, there it is. You yeah. know, that's
0: a, there's it takes a little courage on the director's part to hold that shot as long as he did, knowing that we know what it is and just that, uh-huh. oh, mm-hmm. get that squirm up to its max and then, and then go. And um, how
2: close she gets to it. She really leans in and, yes, like, oh, that's really interesting.
0: Yes and and then it like and the idea also that it it's it's springing a trap on her like a, it's really bringing up this idea of the intelligence and you know it chases them into the cages and it sees that it can get up and over the top at them i mean that was like freaky that moment and then chases them out and they're into the forest and uh they get up in the trees except Dudesky doesn't <laughs> and they wound him and leave him as a trap i mean that is just evil (laughs) that that I I mean so like scarily intelligent evil that they would do that. It was that is such an effective uh beat to this story. I, I just felt like that was so well done. Um and and it's interesting that effectively from that from this point um where Grant is gets surrounded by the Velociraptors and Eric saves him to the end of the movie that's it for velociraptors. We don't mm-hmm. see them again. Yeah. What do you think? I mean is is should we is that a loss for the movie? Should we have seen these more? Uh, what do you th- what do you think of 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 that decision to kind of now just kind of drop them uh, in favor of the spinosaurus and then we're going to get the Pteranodons uh, at some point. What do you think about that decision?
2: I think you it, it's successful in that you're so occupied with Everything else that's trying to kill them that you forget about like, oh, this whole pack of really smart predators is not just hunting them. They have the, the eggs and right. really is hunting them. And I think it works in that sense that when they jump out at the end, it is kind of a surprise because those characters think they're, they're home free. They've made it. Right. And uh, it, I think it is a good way to kind of it's not the whole movie is in a chase because if you're just being chased by velociraptors the whole time. You're probably not going to survive too long.
0: Right. Yeah. They they knew they were going to the beach. And and so they went and laid in wait for them at the beach uh, because well, they knew they think to that come was the really way. that
1: was the really impressive part about it is like taking that level of um, of intelligence of the human intelligence. Like you have several uh, you have every, well, you have two at least and the kid uh, intelligent humans who are making really good decisions based on all of their knowledge that they have, of everything that they can come up with and then um you've got these dinosaurs that just know the lay of the land mm-hmm. and they they know how their prey is going to act they they know they've they've got it and and it's that pitting those two against each other they know that at this point the velociraptors are like ah we don't need to go where they're about to go right but we can get ahead of them
0: <laughs> right we know where they're going and where yeah, yeah we can cut them off uh and save ourselves all that effort of chasing them everywhere that's right especially given that the spinosaurus is out there that they probably have to be careful of themselves. Exactly. Uh, So, so uh, Eric rescues Grant with the uh, smoke bombs and they get into the, uh, the, I'm going to guess it's a water truck and not a fuel truck. A fuel truck would not, he
2: says a water truck. Yeah. Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah. Cause that would be a very bad place to to live for eight weeks is inside there Mm -hmm. with all the fumes. So, uh, so here's another way where the, the movie kind of, uh, uh reflects the the first movie put it that way it's not, i don't i don't know want to say it copies but it reflects it which is you, you, you got another kid who recognizes alan grant has read his books um and it liked the first one better um and, and i like the fact that he says that uh, i like the first one better because you still loved dinosaurs uh-huh. which, hmm. which was a genius. and of course grant says well that's before they tried to eat me mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh and then he also thought uh, he read Malcolm's book, but found it too preachy. So, so now Grant likes some more. And I and I felt like a little bit that might have been a bit of the director winking at the audience, like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Jurassic Two was a little too preachy. We're 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 not doing that this time. Um, so I, I thought that was very
1: interesting. Yeah, I, I feel I feel Eric there. Eric is definitely speaking my language at that <laughs> point. <of the> movie. <laughs> um,
0: and I mean, he's undoubtedly, uh, you know, as portrayed in this, he's a resourceful kid, uh, you know, who, who I like that moment where he's like, it's been eight weeks. And he's like, has it only been eight weeks? And they kind of leave that there. They don't have to go into it. It doesn't get all emotional about it. But he, but he's kind of surprised that it's only been eight weeks. You think about it, a day on that island would seem like eight weeks. Uh, how long it must have felt for him to be there. So kind of a, a you know an interesting. I think that was a well done moment in this movie. Um, and then we have Paul and Amanda, his parents. You know, we get this reconnecting over this shared horrific experience <laughs> that they're having. Uh, they're rekindling their their romance. You know, uh, the, which which has apparently had been uh, uh, snuffed out in the. Uh, the boredom, uh, suburban boredom of Enid, Oklahoma, or, or something, um, and so now they're they've renewed their 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 romance uh, all this time as we go along. Um, so right now, Grant and Eric are separated at this point in the movie, separated from Paul and Amanda, um, and Billy. Those are our two groups, mm-hmm. and uh, they're moving through the forest. I like that we talked about that. Uh, uh, Kirby says, "Oh, we should move to the uh, you know, to the edge of the island because all the big predators will be in the middle, right?" Billy and Billy's like, "Oh, yeah." And then we switch to Grant and mm-hmm. Eric saying, "Oh, yeah, we have to go to the edge of the island, but yeah, we have to be really careful because that's where all the big predators are." Yeah. So, <laughs> right. like, yeah, it's not gonna get better going to the uh, to the to the beach. Um, so as they're going through the forest, Eric hears his dad's satellite phone and comes running. Now, if you're paying attention to the movie, you realize that it was Nash who had the satellite phone last. In fact, they made a point of showing Nash tucking it into his uh, vest. Uh, and the last we saw of Nash is that he was second course on the menu for the Spinosaur. <laughs> so if you're paying attention, you know what's about to happen. Um, they they see each other at the uh, at the big fence. And they're like, "Oh, I heard your phone. I-, I don't have my phone." And then you turn around. I love that scene where you turn around and you see the spiders staring at them, and you're hearing the phone
1: ringing from inside it. Yeah, yeah. Which and is one of those like iconic rings too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it's that it's that great like that great moment where you've got all the all the elements together of early two thousands yes. right there <laughs> in this dinosaur staring absolutely, at
0: them. and it's so chirpy and like pleasant and happy uh, while you're staring like literally death with teeth <laughs> right there in front of you. Uh, yeah. That was a good moment. That was, that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, eventually they get to the uh, aviary and this is one of those scenes that they pull out of the books. I like, guess uh, uh, mm-hmm. Thomas, you read the book, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Father Michael, did you read the book? I read the first one. Okay. So, uh, so apparently this, was scene was inspired by a scene from the book right Mm -hmm. okay so yeah this is this is
1: one this is one that it was pretty iconic in the book too where you you uh you were kind of disappointed that it never made it into the movies because it's so impressive like thinking of Mm -hmm. this gigantic dome structure that has the flying dinosaurs contained inside of it
0: right and uh, was it similar did the like a similar circumstances or was it just that it was a dome structure with the flying dinosaurs
1: no, it's kind of just the 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 concept of the dome structure with the flying dinosaurs and them ending up in there and having to to work their way around it. They, they actually went into an, I think it's Jurassic World that they did the scene where they had a similar kind of thing where the, the right. helicopter comes into it, and that's that's uh that's I don't know. I mean, both of them get that impressiveness of like the flying creatures. Like, how could they keep them from like escaping the mm-hmm. island? And <laughs> right. So we're just going to build this gigantic thing to put them in.
0: Okay. Okay. And so we get this scene. Uh, so this is the, at the beginning of this scene is where Grant confronts Billy. He realizes he took the eggs and he, he basically, you know, says, uh, um, you know, you're, you're no better than the people who who built this Island by doing yeah. this. And, and you see some regret in Billy's face. Like, yeah, like he saw payday there. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and, and Grant's like, no, no, yeah, you, you have to, you know, there's an ethical path, and you and you strayed from the ethical path, um, and that's an interesting point that he's, you know that he's kind of making there, which is and, and and again like I said before they don't spend a lot of time pushing this too much, but you know there's there's the right way of doing things, and Grant represents that, and the wrong way of doing things, which is all of the Jurassic Park stuff mm, and anything right. having to do with InGen, <laughs> uh, and and so it's it's I like the fact that these movies really propose this idea of the the right way of doing. Well, in this case of science, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. that you don't take shortcuts and Billy's trying to take a shortcut. I think it's
2: interesting, too, that there's sort of a father son relationship maybe Mm -hmm. going that Grant, who has all this history of not getting along with kids, he definitely treats Billy kind of as like an adult son and they have a close relationship. And just the disappointment he has, you can tell Billy feels it and it's strong in the movie, especially when you think that's the last thing that he said to him before this you know the horrible next scene that we're going to talk
1: about <laughs> right um it, I, I wish they would have spent like half a beat more on this and given billy an out to say but what could we do if we could actually study them up closer so something more than just seeing dollar signs when he yeah. when he took the eggs right. cuz that really that to me like it kind of made that character fall a little bit where there there should have been something more scientific about what he was doing Right, grabbing those eggs along the way. Hey, Grant I think could calls back well to yeah. the beginning. I think Grant says
2: something that like basically we're a dying, a dying breed. He that mm-hmm. they see the end of their their science sort of on the horizon in some way. People just aren't interested, and that, I could see that bringing out in Billy. I got to do something. We need funding.
0: Right? right, right, yeah. He does say the the he was doing it for the funding. But but you're right. Like, even if he said, like, if we do, I'm doing it for the science, I want to study these creatures. I mean, Grant could still reply. Well, like, like he had did before. Well, these aren't the creatures we're studying, but it could still have been about the science. Uh, right. So It could have saved Billy a little bit there. Billy does say he wouldn't have taken the eggs if he'd known Grant would end up with them in the bag. And I'm thinking it's not like the Raptors would have made a distinction between <laughs> you guys. When they caught yeah. up to you, they'd still want to eat both of you. <laughs> I mean, that would right. be what would happen. Uh, uh, and, and then Billy says something else too, which is, uh, you have to know that if it was a stupid decision, it was made with the best of intentions. And I like that they have Grant give the correct response here, which is some of the most horrific events in human history have been caused by people with the best intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it's so good. I mean, it's just, that is a clear moral compass that you don't often get in movies today yeah. That you're getting here, and uh I did appreciate that,
2: I think that's a good theme throughout all these movies is that as amazing as this is, all these creations it's not good in the end it's not it's not something we should be right. tremendously happy about,
0: right exactly I mean, because what ends up happening is people end up dying mm-hmm. uh in you know including <laughs> in San Diego, as we talked about um so uh, you know, they they make their way through the aviary. They they encounter the trinodon. I really like that that moment where uh, Eric walks through the uh, the fog again, and yeah. that's where the pteranodon is standing here on the walkway in front of him. I just thought it was a great uh, a, a great another jump moment. Um, to and... me, those are the
2: scariest dinosaurs in this movie, especially that scene. They're they're just so weird looking and so yeah, different yeah. from everything we've seen before.
0: So alien. Yeah, truly yeah.
1: alien. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So alien.
0: And uh, it takes Eric to its nest to feed to his young, uh, which it apparently has done before because he finds a skull there uh, at the nest. Um, and Billy, thankfully Chekhov's parasail was uh, available mm-hmm. <laughs> from earlier in the movie. Billy uses the parasail to save Eric, uh, but himself appears to, to die. He appears to, be right. lost uh in in the in the effort um thus redeeming himself in, in in you know for his prior error error um they they get to the boat but uh they make it clear that they left the gate to the aviary open which is interesting the they do that not to let the train the train out to attack them again but so that they're available at the end of the movie to fly away <laughs> right and and, uh, and i'm uh, uh, when we get to that point, I'm curious what you think. What what you think the director was trying to say with that? But uh, uh, I mean, they, Grant has a few lines there, but I, I don't know if maybe if there's more to say about that. So uh, they get to this boat on the on the river that they've been trying to make their way to, and they start going down uh, the river. And there's an interesting conversation with Grant and Eric, where Grant says, uh, "There are two types of boys: those who want to be astronomers and those who want to be astronauts." The astronomer, or in this case, the paleontologist, gets to study these amazing things from a place of complete safety, but then you never get into space, uh, which is, how, uh, is what Eric says. And Grant says, exactly. It's the difference between imagining and seeing, be able to touch them. And that's all Billy wanted. And, and it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting distinction that that um, the the fields are related. They're both space-related, astronomy and, and astronautics. But the but it's they're done completely differently. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, one there's there are safe way paths through life and then there are paths through life that are riskier, um, but maybe the rewards are greater. And I think that's sort of the another bit of the lesson, a little bit of the message here.
1: Uh, what do you think? Yeah. But again, it's, it's really subtle and it's and it's left open to the viewer to to pick how they want to take that you know um i mean we're talking about uh the absolute stupidity of going to these islands and so yeah it might be great that you could be one of those people that wants to study dinosaurs up close and be you know a behavioral uh analysis uh, analyzer for dinosaur uh lives but um that doesn't seem to work out very well <laughs>
0: <laughs> it almost never does <laughs> you,
2: ca- you can't quite see which side grant comes down on even with all his experiences he's, hes experiences he's still amazed by these dinosaurs in real life mm-hmm. he He doesn't uh automatically flee he he enjoys seeing them he I think even from the plane he says "I had forgotten or something like that just uh, what an amazing sight it is and so even for somebody that that is on the astronomer's side that likes to look at these bones in the ground, he can't help but want to touch them. he can't help but want to experience them
0: right even astronomers yeah even astronomers who want to play it safe from the telescope might dream a little bit about what would it be like to be in space so so Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of that there yeah so um while they're on the boat in the rain at night because that's when dinosaurs attack um Mm -hmm. they they get this well first they get the the sat phone back by digging around in if you got a jurassic park movie there's got to be a giant pile of dinosaur poo that they have to dig through that's just is required and the um,
2: dinosaur doesn't eat them because apparently they smell bad from that experience. <laughs> it's a very strange scene.
0: That was, I, I couldn't tell whether it was because it realized that spinosaur, uh, uh, poo, or if it was just that they stunk so bad, it <laughs> might've been, uh, one of the, uh, I don't know which one it was, but, uh, they, they were doing something there. And, uh, meanwhile, they, they, um, the spinosaur is, it shows up, uh, <laughs> So a little bit of a jaws uh homage there as it comes through the water with the fin right. above the water uh which is a nice little uh, uh tribute by joe johnson for spielberg um grant calls ellie on the sat phone uh but gets the little boy charlie <laughs> uh the the uh, toddler who gets distracted by barney on the tv which was just a you know a, of course a a funny reference and uh and meanwhile the Spinosaur shows up and they're all screaming their heads off and uh and when Ellie finally gets the phone, um, he, he doesn't actually get to tell her where they are, but I think she figures it like, she obviously, she figures it out from the screaming and the yelling and the whatnot. So, uh, you know, the implication being that, fortunately, her husband, we learned earlier, works for the State Department. So he will be able to, uh,
1: you know, call in the Marines, literally. Right, but how did they know it was Sorna and not Nublar? Like that's you know, <laughs> right. what if they had gone to the wrong island? Well, <laughs> just yeah,
2: hoping, exactly. hoping Alan left a note somewhere.
1: Maybe you they to went to tell both. Tell someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, maybe that's what, maybe that's what it was. They went to both. <laughs> yeah, although I mean, the from the
0: Jurassic two, from the second movie, I mean, the the implication was is that the uh, the animals on the first on the on Nublar died from the the mm-hmm. uh the deficiency, the like ly- lycophene, lycophane, yeah. lysophane, whatever that right. was, deficiency, but that the animals on the second island did not have the same deficiency and that's why they survived. I I think I think was that the implication, but I'm not sure. I, I, at least it, from
2: Jurassic World, I think it's supposed to be the same T Rex, right? <laughs> in the next movie.
0: Uh, still alive? It. it it. Oh, that's, that's the an interesting I question. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's an interesting question. Yeah. Um. Well, and and then uh, we have this. The you know, in this fight, they they defeat the Spinosaur with the with the the uh, flare gun, uh, lighting the flames on the on the water. And this is the last we'll see of the Spinosaur. Uh, he's had enough at this point mm-hmm. uh, with the fire. Um, we think Paul Kirby is dead. Uh, but luckily, he told us earlier that he took up swimming. And uh, that's what saves his life. He's able to swim uh, under the fire uh, to the shore and where he's reunited with his family. So that's uh, so, so I, I like the way they keep tying these these loose ends back in that nothing is nothing is wasted. Everything is there right. for a
1: reason. Except uh, for why this dinosaur is hunting these people. Like there's got to be bigger <laughs> stuff for him to eat on the island. Right? What is he doing? This maybe dinosaur just, just hates
2: it. people. <laughs> or like a change in diet. Maybe he's eaten over. No yeah longer. All yeah, that was tasty.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like, okay. like, give me some more of those. <laughs> it's, it's
0: like it's like the uh, Rathacon dinosaur. I will chase them around the moons <laughs> of uh, yes. uh, uh, uh So the uh, so like we mentioned, the raptors catch up to them just as they get to the coast. Um, they they give them back the eggs. And then um Grant uses the resonating chamber again. The, the resin, you know, nothing, no loose ends. To trick them into hearing a call for help from another Velociraptor, which they get then go to investigate. Um, but it's interesting how you know, like, there's this the the Velociraptors—they don't attack them here. They 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 surround them. They know they've got their eggs. They take their eggs and go. You know that that intelligent mm-hmm. uh, thing going on. Um, that
2: raptor so- smelling
0: uh,
2: Amanda and kind of just getting right up right up in her face is a is a, I think a pretty powerful scene. He made. It seems like one of the few moments where it's not CGI that it's definitely yeah, some was, sort of real thing, and it yeah. really comes across there.
0: They used animatronics a lot in this movie that they, they, they did in the in the first two, which I think is a very effective. It, it mm-hmm. gives the actors a something of scale to work against, and and mm-hmm. I feel like you get much more of a sense of like when, they're, as even good actors when they're up against a green screen creation, it sometimes doesn't have the same emotion as if they're working against something that they can get a sense of the scale of it or the, or the malevolence of it. I mean, I, if I had to be around like one of those Velociraptors, uh, do you ever see one of those YouTube videos where there's, they have these Velociraptors costumes where it's a guy walking around inside it, but people still freak out. I mean, there is, there is something in the back of our little mammalian brain that freaks out at the sight of these (laughs) things,
1: even when we know that they're tame. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, it's it's a, it's a scary thing. But and I, I think that was that was a really beautiful moment in that in that scene where um they, they're they not vindictive, you know, right. And, and, if, and I think we could put humans in that same position and say that they would have been vindictive. They would have come back with a vengeance. And in fact, you right. see that they came with a group of mercenaries with the intent to kill as many dinosaurs as they could to find their son right and and that that's very telling at the end of that movie that all the raptors wanted was their egg back, that was it,
0: right, just like Paul and Amanda came to retrieve their lost child, the velociraptors were essentially doing the same thing mm-hmm. um, so there's that that moment where I think that's what it is is Amanda recognizes in that moment too that this velociraptor, the female because because the, the female is the one that approached her because the female doesn't have the quills I think that's the, the I'm not sure if they made that point really strongly earlier, but that's really the, the the female doesn't have the the quills and the the feathers and the males did. And, uh, and so that's the one that approaches her. And so she's like, okay, mother to mother here, the, here's your children back. Right. Uh, I got my kid. You got yours. (laughs) We go our separate ways. And, uh, but that when the Velociraptor leaves, it kind of gives them like that, you know, don't come back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see you here ever again. (laughs) Um, and then uh, we get that great scene where they run out onto the beach, and there's a guy in a suit so incongruous, a guy in a suit with a me- with a megaphone that's a bad idea, it's a bad idea, but then they come over the uh, dune and the you know first marine division is is landing mm-hmm. on the beach to uh to save them i'm I'm wondering did um did anybody face charges for any of this? Did anybody uh, have uh, to suffer any consequences? Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> there has to have been. Like, the, the the legal proceedings following something like this is just insane. It's got to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, mm-hmm. right. Um, but mm. in the end, Billy survived. The Kirby's were reunited. And not just reunited, they're getting back together again. Everything's okay. Uh, well, except for the three mercenaries. But everybody else is good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it ends on, that, on, a, on a high note uh, uh, there at the end. Um, and then we have these the pteranodon and flying off into the sunset, literally. What do you think it was that you know? What was Joe Johnston trying to say with the end of that movie? Was it just you know again, life finds a way, or 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 was he? What do you think he was wanted to do with that with that idea? Any ideas? Any, any thoughts? I feel like. We
2: see again and again in these movies, and in, and many times in this one, just the glory of the dinosaurs, like that childlike right. wonder. Holy cow! There's dinosaurs here, and, and right. seeing seeing those tyrannodons fly away is yeah, it's majestic. Uh, but all the while, I'm thinking, oh, like that's that's not good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are these Where's going it gonna to go? They're going to Costa Rica or whatever. that's there you go, nearby, and that's not going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, I don't think in the new movies that's ever mentioned, but like, yeah, they don't address the it. Island. And that bothers me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like there should have been a massive like dinosaur outbreak thing that they had to deal with somewhere between the two. And it should have been mentioned, you know, there should have been like something there. So.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, it, um it should have been like Jurassic world should have been like a world war Z sort of thing where the world has been infested by dinosaurs. And it's it's like, like planet of the apes where it's where we're fighting for control of the planet. Mm. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe that's not a good idea, but (laughs) 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 that would have been an interesting movie with a velociraptors versus humans um, instead of apes versus humans. Uh, So, um, so that's, so that ended the, uh, the franchise right there with for a while, right? So 2001, uh, this movie, you know, ends and we don't get anything else until 2015 when Jurassic World came out. Um, and it's not for a lack of trying, apparently. I mean, there were some efforts over the years, uh, to kind of to people, you know, should we look at another sequel? Should we keep the franchise going? But it wasn't, it was really not until Jurassic World, um, I'm trying to see, think when let's see that, yeah, 2015 that someone said, let's try it again. Let's, you know, what, and what would the story be? Um, So that one was directed by Colin Trevorrow. Uh, And we'll be talking about that uh, soon in our, in in an upcoming episode, uh, because we we still got, you know, at least two more to go. We got, and then whatever they do for a third one, if they do it. Um, But uh, so it's, it's an interesting moment here when we, we we kind of end the trilogy. Looking back, you know, I, I mean, I know, Thomas, you said this was your favorite of the trilogy. But looking back, you know, at the at the trilogy as a whole, you know, what, how do you reflect on it? Like with its place in in movies and in in, in the, the, the corpus of both Spielberg, but also of Hollywood where it sits.
1: I think I like this one because um, it it this was the age of trilogies, you know. This was, yeah. uh, and, it, and it really was wrapping up that age of trilogy movies, uh, because we don't really see major powerhouse trilogies after that point. And um, Spielberg was kind of moving on to other stuff. Uh, he he seemed to be more interested in uh, some more artistic projects and less in the blockbustery uh, thing that he had had been doing for so long. And um, and really the scene of movies was changing a lot because there were a lot of kind of indie films coming out that were really making a name for themselves. And, uh, and this is, it's almost that moment where you get to the end of this, where it's like, okay, this is goodbye, big cinema. And now we're moving into more of a kind of democratic, everybody kind of cinema. And then all of a sudden, Marvel came in and and just right. kind of smashed that idea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then we we have uh, cinematic universes uh, instead of trilogies. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think about it. So what what do you get in this? Uh, the, at the same time as this trilogy, you get you have the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you have the right. the, the Jurassic trilogy, um, you, have the the, Matrix, the, right? the you have the Matrix right, the Matrix trilogy, you have the the Star Wars prequels. Um, so you, you have all of these trilogy films. And then, yeah, you you gonna get this period of time until Iron Man comes along, where it's just sort of, um, you know, you get blockbusters, you be movies, but it's not about making uh, you know, a a a franchise as we as mm-hmm. we will uh, again. Um, I mean, what is what does Spielberg do? He gets he does AI, he does Minority Report, um, Catch Me If You Can, which is a great movie, uh, The Terminal, which was a small smaller movie. I mean, he he does a lot of these you know small movies he did War of the Worlds which was a big movie like a big blockbuster but mm-hmm. not uh none of them had the same you know until he gets The Schindler's List which is you know frankly stands alone as a and I think as a passion project for him but ap- ab- uh, apart from that i mean it's it was singular things but yeah i think you're right it was the end of an era in in hollywood filmmaking Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, Father uh, Mike, what do you think about you know, where this trilogy stands? Um, even for you personally, uh, in the in the corpus of things,
2: I think kind of like uh, both of you said back then, three movies was the most you were going to get out of a franchise. It seemed like well, you got the trilogy. That's the model set by Star Wars. That's where we will stay. And uh, that Jurassic Park was the original was such a at least personally for me. You could say it's an important film, uh, just right. personally, that it uh, pulled me in and interested me in so many ways. And I feel like for any of its flaws, this movie captured a lot of the feeling of that in a way that the second one did not. Yeah. Um, and just kind of continuing to explore the whole world, uh, it, I, it, I think it was worthwhile for them to to keep going. And I was surprised when Jurassic World showed up in 2015. I didn't think we'd be going back to any of this sort of thing. Um, And it's also interesting with the the trilogy, the original trilogy of this franchise. It's not uh, Star Wars. It's not any of the Marvel movies. It's not really telling a story. It's kind of just like, there are dinosaurs out there. <laughs> this is how humanity deals with it, and right. I think just the little thing about the, the very beginning of this movie, that some guys had taken their boat, and they're doing parasailing trips called Dinosaur around <laughs> around this island. Like that's exactly what would happen. Um, <laughs> that, oh yeah, that, that is so realistic, and it's just that uh, with this technology, if this existed what we saw in these movies i think is pretty dead on that people would exploit it in sinister ways not so sinister ways but we can't help ourselves but be interested in this
0: if there's a if there's a a through line for all of these movies all five of them so far i think it is precisely that is in the face of you know you know it's man versus nature is it's kind of it you know man versus overwhelming the power of nature but but in the face of that, we still we still want to exploit. We still want we're still we still have these small human emotions of greed and and, and vengeance. And we do these stupid things we when, when it's stick against coins our best interest in,
1: in defunct uh, <laughs> stick coins and defunct vending machines. That's, <laughs> that's us. <laughs> right. Right.
0: Exactly. You know, or so we are wandering into places that we ought, ought not go poking the bear you know, all these all these uh, analogies. Yeah, I, I think that if, if there's anything that that really kind of stakes through all of these is that idea that um, especially corporations will sometimes do things to the point of self-harm and self-destruction, uh, you know, absent common sense. Um, it, it Common sense says you don't build a theme park with dinosaurs, <laughs> you know, pre- like the deadliest predators in history. And then you don't make worse ones like Indominus Rex. You know, it's like that's just common sense. And yet, given the opportunity, someone would do that. Uh so yeah, that's a good point. All right. I think it's I think we should kind of wrap it up here. Um before we finish, I'd just like to take a moment, as we often do in our shows, is I'd I'd like to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create secrets of movies and TV shows. Um, and, and we we want to do that by name for uh, some of you every time we talk. And those I want to mention by name today are Stan S., Thomas M., uh, Ninth Hour Design, Alfredo B., and Joe T. It's through their generous donations and those of all of our patrons at sqpn.com slash give. They make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows we do at sqpn.com. And you could join them uh, by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So I think that's it from us. Uh, so what do you all think of Jurassic Park 3? What do you think of what we had to say about it? Do you think it was the best one of the of the bunch? Or do you have a different opinion? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, dispute it. State, say no. Uh, it's not. Uh, we, we no, love, we say want. yes. Say yes. <laughs> it is. It is. We, we want to hear your opinion, whatever it is. Um. So you can let us know by going uh, to sqpn.com slash secrets or the StarQuest Facebook page uh, and leaving a comment there on on the show that you'll find there or you can send us an email to secrets at sqpn.com you can find our our links uh, on our show notes uh, on sqpn.com and like I said be sure to subscribe to the show so that you get every episode as it comes out until next time Father Michael Gossett, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Jurassic Park 3 Thank you And Thomas Enero, thank you as
1: well Thank you, and I look forward To the next one
0: That's right, look forward to Jurassic World coming up, folks uh, And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Movies And TV Shows on StarQuest